Hello and welcome to the Gemcast on Hologram Radio. This is Alex Knight and I'm joined by Aline Sims, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast and science fiction writer Kay Tempest Bradford. In season two, episode 16, Trick or Tech Rat, Rio, Gem, Dance, and the Holograms work to restore an old opera house in time for a fundraising concert on Halloween. Strange accidents occur that indicate the old place might be haunted. A bad scare the night of the concert causes Terry, a timid starlight girl, to go missing in the building's secret passages. When the group begins their search for Terry, the truth behind the strange occurrences are revealed. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. Episode 42, written by Misty Stewart Taggart. We open at Starlight Mansion with the holograms and Starlight Girls watching a horror movie. Two Starlight Girls burst through the door wearing scary masks, startling everyone, especially Terry, a timid young orphan. And the two girls actually accuse her of believing in ghosts and goblins, which is not very nice. The Starlight Girls are kind of the worst in this episode. Yeah, they are. They're not the only ones to blame here. There's some questionable well, things from from Jerrica. Jerrica. And yeah. as we'll yeah. get into, Kimber enters and tells Jerrica that Rio is looking for Jem, so Jerrica changes and the rest of the holograms follow. In a late wait, night... Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Let's not roll over this moment of internal strife here because when kimber's like rio's downstairs asking for jim and jerrica's like are you sure he didn't ask for me and kimber's like nope <laughs> she's like very upset by this yeah she's disappointed hmm. this show should be subtitled rio is the worst <laughs> like that is that's true yeah in a late night impromptu visit rio invites the band to go for a drive and a little adventure They seem hesitant at first, but end up going anyway. On the drive to the old opera house, Rio explains that if the owner can't pay the back taxes, the city will put it up for sale to the highest bidder. Jem insists that the opera house has to be saved, otherwise the historical building will be lost forever. And Rio, of course, is a member of the Historical Preservation Board. And he suggests that Jim and the Holograms host a benefit concert to raise money for the Opera House. Yeah, why why is he a member? Well, first we find out that he has a plane. And now we're finding out, like, it's it's sudden, it's the, like, Rio is a renaissance man. Well, he's a man of many talents. Yeah. I feel like they were trying really hard to make Rio a worthwhile person who was worthy of Jem and Jerrica in this season. Because, yeah, suddenly he has all this stuff that he does. He's got a plane. He's restoring old opera houses. I don't know. Yeah, I think I know what happened here. Uh, Misty Stewart Taggart uh, jumped in a DeLorean 30 years ahead into the future and heard Tempest's cries to make Rio a better person. Mm. Mm. But somewhat failed. That's plausible. That's plausible. In order to raise money, the band needs the approval of the owner, Frederick Vincent. 
At the request of Mr. Vincent, the band meets him at the old opera house at midnight, which is a bit strange. And he ends up explaining that he's been living there until the city comes for the taxes. That's right. very and sad. Also, let's talk for a little bit about Mr. Vincent's outfit. Yes, the same one <laughs> that we saw earlier. Uh, well, no, I mean, but okay. Dude has been, dude lives in a Dracula costume. And clearly mm. this man is supposed to be based off of Vincent Price, right? Like, that's obvious. But still, though, even Vincent Price sometimes put on a t-shirt and jeans. Right, exactly. Why is this man dressed as Dracula? It's a bit odd. What is even happening? It's it's all he has. See, he, it's, he, it's he has possible. two outfits. He washes them in the sink. Right. Well, I, I was just thinking that maybe we caught him on one of those off days, you know, when you you, you cycle your laundry and you, you've gone through every, mm. like you've dirtied every single item except for one thing that you really don't want to wear, and it's the Dracula suit. Or, you know, like cycle through everything and you're like, my fancy clothes are all that I have left, so I guess I'm right. going to just dress up to the nines today. Exactly. Is is that Jem's excuse? Because did you see what she was wearing <laughs> when she went over to that opera house? It was, it is ridiculous. She's like Showtime Synergy and Synergy puts her in some kind of like, I, I don't even know what to call that outfit because it's like seven different styles of no. <laughs> seven there's different styles everywhere. of no? I love that. Yeah, there's fringe everywhere. The I, I feel like the colors aren't very well matched and it's just, it's atrocious. Just, what is Synergy dressing her up in? Why did she do that? Wait, well, hold on. Well, why, why is, well, I guess you're right. Synergy would be responsible. Right. Right. Because Unless, Jericho wasn't wearing that. I, I wonder if, if Synergy is fed designs and she's just like, okay, like, I improvised it first. I gave you that pink outfit with the little fringy sashy thing. Um, but you're going to have to come up with some style here. And so, like, she she gets the styles, and that's what she does. I mean, is Mrs. Bailey designing these things? Unfortunately, I think it's Shayna. I mean, you know, Shayna sometimes can design beautiful things, and then sometimes Shayna designs some things, and I'm like, Shayna, what are you doing? Right. What 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 is this? Hey, well, you know, even the most talented people have their off days, right? Jem explains that with the money they make from the benefit. It can be used to pay the taxes as well as help cover the restoration. Mr. Vincent accepts the offer gladly. He doesn't really have much of a choice at this point. Back at Starlight Mansion, Jem tells everyone that they'll need to pitch in. From making costumes to choreography, setup, even the Starlight Girls will have to help. Ashley tells the group that she wants to go as something really scary, and then grabs a mask and proceeds to shove it in Terry's face. Now, she does this knowing that Terry is clearly a very timid person. And Terry ends up falling off her chair and begins to cry and scream about how much she hates Halloween. And Jem does make an attempt to try to console Terry by telling her that she needs not to take everything so seriously, but that's really not the best way to handle the situation, wouldn't, wouldn't you say? Right. It is not. Like, that is oh, the just most don't, terrible don't thing. Oh, just don't be scared. Just, just don't. Just stop. 
Yeah. Basically, she's like, don't be so sensitive. I'm like, excuse me, lady. Number one, aren't you supposed to be this girl's mom? Number two, she's like eight. I think that she's allowed to be upset by scary things at eight. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it's kind of awful and goes back to what we've discussed many times, how just Jerrica really isn't the best person to be taking care of these kids. No, that's the other subtitle of the show. Jerrica is a terrible mother and CEO. Mm-hmm. Well, what a perfect opportunity to segue into a video from Gem and the Holograms called It's Fun to be Scared. Come on, Terry. It's fun to be scared. Mm. Let me show you. I feel like there's a feminist rant in here somewhere, honestly, about how how from a very young age we teach we teach children to ignore their feelings. We teach boys not to cry. We teach girls to ignore what they're feeling. Like, oh, that guy skeeves you out? Ignore it. Move on. Like, it, it, he's not going to do anything to you. And I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like this song is a, a reinforcement of that. Maybe I'm just being sensitive, um, much like this poor child, because, <laughs> because things are things are crappy for women in my industry right now. But I don't know. It just it really bothered me a lot. Like, it's fun to be scared. No, you're scared for a reason. These things exist to keep you right. safe. I don't know. I, I agree. I think it's, it's sweeping everything under the rug and not allowing this kid to really be introspective and think like, why Why am I feeling this way? Like question things. Why am I feeling this way? Is it okay to feel this way? And they don't go into that right. at all. Yeah, there's there's just a real annoying strain of people being like, oh, you're too sensitive. This is just fun. Stop being such a fraidy cat. But though, yeah, you're right, Aline. Like those feelings are real, and it's really crappy, especially to tell little girls that you know that they're too sensitive and they should stop. And they it's a lack of empathy. Yeah, it it really is gross. To me, it's like all the times that I've heard people tell me when I felt a certain way about something, like, oh, well, just stop. Well, just just put it out of your mind. It's like it's if it was that easy, would I even have a problem? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's really awful, and it's just how, in general, so many people lack empathy, especially when dealing with very complex issues like depression today. And I've I've experienced that firsthand with. I mean, I and I've am completely guilty, you know, being in a relationship uh, in the past with someone who had depression. Um, you know, not really having empathy. And then after, thankfully, I, after a while, I, you know, I realized what had been going on that me just telling somebody, oh, well, don't be sad. That doesn't help them and just makes me look like an insensitive jerk. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's, it's generally a problem in this episode. And it's, it's a shame. It's a missed opportunity to, to really address her feelings, but. Maybe we wouldn't have had a plot in this episode if they did. Yeah, that's true. But uh, what did you think about the song, though? This is a new one, is it not? Yeah, it's new. Uh, there there are some scary elements to this music. I, I, I didn't think it, they went over the line. It didn't go into super creepy territory, I don't think. 
but mm, I it's I'm not, not going to say the song. song is bad. Well, yeah. it's not it's, it's not fantastic, but I think the song I think what ruins it for me is just the way we start this episode off and it really rubs me the wrong way how they're just brushing this girl's feelings sort of under the rug and not allowing mm-hmm. her to really understand why she's feeling this way. So that kind of, yeah, that just put a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, I, I kind of agree on, on that. I don't think it's a very good song. And then, you know, for those reasons I already delineated, it's just, it it was not good in context. The Starlight Girls arrive at the old opera house, but Terry stops in her tracks when she sees the address above the door that reads 1313. And Terry actually says here, oh no, I can't go in there. It's unlucky. And once again, the Starlight Girls completely just ignoring her feelings. They're like, nah, it's, you're just being superstitious. And of course she is being superstitious, but you know, maybe if somebody had a talk with her at the beginning, maybe she wouldn't feel this way anymore. You mean like Jerrica, like like her sort of mom? Like Jerrica would have been the right person to talk to about this. Mm-hmm. And you know, like one thing we didn't really get into is how at the beginning of the episode when, when you know, Jerrica's sort of holding Terry and she's super scared and whatever, the Jerrica drops comforting her at the hat, like, oh, Rio is here, let's go. You know, so there's, Terry gets no comfort. Terry gets no. constantly teased about her being oversensitive and superstitious. I'm really surprised this girl just doesn't have a complex. Do you think maybe something traumatic happened in her life? Like uh, maybe before her time at the Starlight House? Well, I she mean, is an this orphan. Scared, and she I, is I an know orphan. she's right. That is very true. Maybe her parents died after walking under a ladder and tripping over a black cat. Maybe. <laughs> oh, God, that would be floor. terrible. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it could have happened. Techrat is demonstrating a new invention to Eric Raymond when Pizzazz walks in, of course, with the rest of the misfits, holding a newspaper showing the announcement of Gem and the Hologram's benefit concert. Pizzazz asks Eric what he's going to do about it, and he suggests they make their own headlines by outdoing them. Eric hands Pizzazz a business card with the name Terrence Landau, who will take care of the Misfits' needs. Okay. It turns out, Terrence Landau has a mutual need to see Gem and the Holograms fail. Of course the he opera does. House, yeah, the Opera House ruins his beautiful skyline. You know it's something more than promises, that. And of course he promises, <laughs> he promises to fund the entire concert. Who out there is has any doubt that this Landau guy is a Raymond crime family associate. Well, he has to like be, maybe right? he's in right. Like maybe he's a new associate. Maybe, maybe Eric's older brothers or no, his younger brothers actually, cause he's the oldest. Maybe Eric's younger brothers are punking Landau. Cause he came to them. He is like, yeah, I want to do business with you, Don Raymond. Mm-hmm. And the <laughs> brothers are like, uh, we don't like this guy. Let's give him to Eric. And so they, they're like, yeah, if you ever need it, you call our brother, Eric. He'll take care of you. And he's like, yes, I'm finally in with the Raymond crime family. Yes. 
Lindsay Pierce makes an appearance to do a press event for Gem and the Holograms in front of the old opera house. The Misfits disrupt the live event when Pizzazz introduces Midnight Madness as we see a pop-up inflatable dome going up across the street. Did they get proper licensing or zoning for that? No. A pop-up inflatable dome. That's gonna, that's, that. nothing could ever go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. No, nothing at all. Lindsay mentions that there will be two concerts, but Pizzazz is confident Jim and the holograms will be shut down once word gets out at how unsafe the opera house is. Inside, we see Rio explaining to Jim that he inspected the entire opera house himself and assures Jim it's perfectly safe. Wait, wait, wait. Since when is Rio mm-hmm. a structural a certified- engineer? building inspector or structural engineer do he do well, that you have to be one to be part of the the society so oh. you know but when did he yeah, get they, that degree was it in between flying lessons i don't know yes yeah oh, okay they, and they started managing. the show with him being a stage manager and then later on we know that he can build synthesizers but this is where they lose me where it's starting to become a little ridiculous <laughs> that th- this is no way <laughs> this, this is guy starting <laughs> well yeah i guess you could argue it started a long time ago but it- it's absurd yeah i mean i don't know like we were saying earlier i think it's kind of like we had this 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 glorious run of episodes where there was no rio like he wasn't even mentioned like rio did not exist for maybe he was off learning how to be a structural <laughs> engineer pilot during that time. That's why we didn't see uh, him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He, um, oh, All right, it's making yeah. sense now. I got it. He took the complete training course on lynda.com. <laughs> While eating Stouffer's frozen dinner. How to be a structural engineer in 24 hours. <laughs> lynda.com. Dear, Dear listeners, we have sponsors now. Lynda.com and Stouffer's frozen dinners. <laughs> Uh, oh god on stage dance prepares to practice her performance but is warned by terry that walking under a ladder is bad luck dance tries to console terry that it's just superstition and that everyone and everything will be fine terry takes her seat next to the holograms and gem tells her that there isn't anything to worry about the whole freaking world is telling her just eh, don't worry about it and then on the other hand i was like okay i'm through with this kid and her being superstitious like like did she just read a horror stories for kids book and is now i mm-hmm. mean i don't know i was like child could be well, i could mean be. the walking under the ladder thing is pretty common that's pretty common but we've got the walking under the ladder in the 13s that's and the also common the the other stuff that I can't remember. Yeah. And then I'll have the black cat. Like I know Getting, these are common yeah. things, but it it was just I don't know. I don't know. It was a little it, over it, the top. It it gets annoying. It does get annoying. I have to agree with that. Looks like Jim spoke too soon as the giant pumpkin stage prop collapses on dance, generating a giant cloud of dust. Luckily for Dance, she's perfectly safe. It's a good thing that that uh, pumpkin cutout had giant 
eyes cut out, just big enough for a human being to pass through unharmed. Otherwise, mm-hmm. Dance would have broken her leg again. We would have had to suffer through another episode of her whining because she has to go through physical therapy. I don't know just about her leg. I mean, she could have had a concussion if that thing, la- I mean, it just like was built out of wood. I mean, that could have been a that serious That would have been even injury. more whining. Can you imagine? I can dance. I can, even though I can't remember words. Rio assures Jem that when he inspected the prop earlier, the chains holding it down were intact. It appears that someone has cut them. And of course, no human being could have done that. Why? Well, um, that's, that's, that's what Rio said. I just, but why could no human being have done that? I, I know. Well, I think what he was trying to say is nobody with their bare hands could have done it, but that's kind of obvious and dumb. It's like, mm. well, of course they couldn't have done it with their hands. They would have used wire cutters. Or the ghost used wire cutters. Terry tries to convince everyone that she was right, but Jem reinforces that superstition has nothing to do with the accident. You know, actually, this is one thing I did like from Jem, even though she kind of didn't go about it the right way from the beginning. But I like that she's trying to reinforce, like, science and that, yes, everything that you're warning people about, like, they, there is a logical and rational explanation for what's happening here. So don't just, the first thing that shouldn't come to mind is that a ghost did it. You know, ghosts, ghosts all up in everything, all the time. This would have been a good time for a uh, Ghostbusters crossover. Oh yeah, that would have been great actually. We would Ghostbusters and Scooby-Doo, all the trifecta. Frederick Vincent is seen warning the holograms that the opera house is full of ghosts and evil spirits and tells the band to leave before it's too late. Which is a bit odd because he did want their help at the beginning. So what could be going on? Right. And why the sudden change? Nobody questioned that. They were just kind of like, no, Mr. Vincent, we're going to stay. It's like, guys, maybe you should ask Mr. Vincent why yesterday he was like do this concert and today he's like the ghost will kill you mm-hmm. maybe there's a reason behind that that you should investigate the misfits interrupt Jem and the holograms as they attempt to clean up the mess of the recent accident pizzazz brings an inspector to investigate and to check if the building is up to code the misfits invite the holograms to drop by a real halloween party their own now, did any of you think that that, w- that was a bit strange? Why, with the rivalry that they have, why invite the holograms to their own concert? Is it just to gloat and say, look at how much better our concert is? Oh, of course. Like, it's mm-hmm. just taunting. It's like, yeah, that's standard taunting. What I want to know is, how did the inspector with a straight face say, the misfits claim that, I'm like, sir, you are an officer of the city. Why are you listening to ladies with strange hair colors when they tell you that random places like you, because, you know, building inspectors, you can't get a building inspector to show up anywhere. They're overworked and overbooked Mm -hmm. and strange ladies with green hair are not going to make them come when they want them to. I believe that you are forgetting about the Raymond crime family. Oh, that's right. He must be in the Raymond crime family. There you go. Oh my God. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Yep. Thank you. Deep, deep, deep pocket of Raymond crime family. Yeah. I got to say, what 
What happens next here where the inspector tells Rio that everything looks okay so far, but instead of finishing the entire inspection, he says he'll be back later. Why? He really had to pee. (laughs) And of course the bathrooms were out of order. Mm. Rio begins to raise the impressively large chandelier in the opera house. Pizzazz is disappointed that the inspector didn't find anything wrong, but Jetta suggests that they give them a helping hand. Before they can do anything, what appears to be a mummified arm attempts to grab the misfits. So they freak out and run away, believing the opera house is truly haunted. And we get a Misfits music video called Don't Look Now. I can't remember what I thought of the song. I'm completely blinking. Oh, no. This is actually a pretty good song. Um, I mean, it's not one of my top 11 favorite songs, but it's a pretty good song because it's also, it's not quite, you know, pizzazz taunting people. It's more really possessing like, yo, there's some scary stuff going on in here. Y'all better run. We all gonna run. She's trying to get everybody out. You know, misfits, one of the her holograms, small children, everybody. Ghosts, everybody. One of her rare altruistic moves. Yeah, I don't know. I, gosh, I remember both of the gym songs. I watched this like <laughs> half an hour ago. I remember both of the gym songs, and I do not remember this song at all. Well, I guess it wasn't that memorable. So weird. I like a lot of the visuals in this in this song, especially um, there's one point where like they've all run away from a thing, and then everybody is in silhouette, and and Pizzazz is singing to Jerrica, and she's like, "We gotta go, we gotta go," and that was like some cool animation. Yeah, so it it had some fun animation things in the video. Song's pretty all right. That's that's. That is, it, hey, it's better than some of the Misfit songs we've heard recently. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it anyway. I don't remember disliking it, so, <laughs> I mean, there we go. Well, there's a testimonial. Did not dislike, or did not strongly dislike, anyway. <laughs> the chandelier is raised to where it needs to be, but something goes wrong as the rope snaps, and it comes crashing down, nearly killing Terry. Rio begins to question things and suggests that maybe the holograms rethink doing the benefit concert. Now, Mm. Mr. Vincent pops out of nowhere and once again again warns the holograms to leave. Jem makes a stand and refuses to be intimidated and believes in doing the benefit. And again, again. nobody questions. Nobody questions it. This dude, he's done a complete 180. Also... I want everybody to notice how when the chandelier started coming down, everybody ran, but nobody thought to get the children out of the way first. Rhea comes back Mm -hmm. to get Terry. But I think because Rhea assumed that Jem would grab Terry because Jem's their freaking mom. Mm, That is a great observation. I didn't quite catch that the first time. That's very interesting. And All really these people terrible. are out for themselves. They are the worst. They really are. They really super are. And maybe that's what I find so frustrating about it is it's like, like everybody's off doing their thing separately, not communicating, letting children die in chandelier accidents. And like, <laughs> like if, 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 if you, could, you would just talk to each other for three minutes and, and maybe Jerrica slash Jim could pay attention to the children that she's supposed to be loving and nurturing. And, like, 
things would be a lot better. And I don't know. <laughs> just kind of hellbent no, on I doing I think those are all good thing. points. Yeah. Across the street at Midnight Madness, Pizzazz is infuriated at Eric's lack of involvement and disappearance lately, as well as Landau's, so she decides to take matter into her own hands. Backstage at the Opera House, Gem and the Holograms are getting ready. They're interrupted by a ghoulish-looking figure on a TV screen that warns them about performing. I wonder who that could be. Well, actually, that wasn't even a TV screen. That was a random... It was was a a mirror. mirror. It was a mirror. That's what actually made it really cool. No, no, no. It was a mirror because it was like probably projected from behind. And so the mirror was probably like... like Yeah. So, yeah. That was a mirror. That wasn't a TV screen because I don't think that they had TVs that big in some random opera house dressing room. Although this opera house is full of wonders that make no sense. But still, though, that was just a mirror. I'm going to correct my notes then. That was a mirror and not a TV screen. I thought, you know, I thought about that, but I'm like, no, it has to be a TV screen. But wait a minute. Nobody had a screen that big in the 80s. Especially an old man in an opera house. Yeah, it would have been like a projection. It could have been a projector, but no. Yeah, no. No, speaking of taxes, maybe this guy wouldn't be having such serious financial problems if he didn't own an a opera house with all of those freaking absurd traps. I mean, how much money would he he have had to spend on the engineering and the design of all of that? Well, Well, I mean, maybe he did. Yes, the ghost did it. I was about to say, I don't think he's the one who designed all that. It's just there. At front of stage, dance is also interrupted by a ghoulish sound. Terry freaks out and runs away with Jem chasing after her. Terry falls down a trap door and Jem and the holograms now must search for her. And of course, they split up to cover more ground. Can we talk about how Terry should be dead, actually? Because as much as much as she freaked out, like she lost it. She completely lost it and ran away. And and I'm just like, Terry's heart is the strongest heart of an eight-year-old ever because I really feel like she should have died of fright at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Not to get all dark on you or anything. (laughs) No, not at all. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Terry makes a run for it down a long corridor looking for a way out. At the end of the corridor, an open door is seen with light emitting from it and voices chattering. Terry eavesdrops on a conversation between who we've been made to believe is Mr. Vincent, Tech Rat, and Mr. Landau. They've been working together all along, plotting to sabotage the benefit concert and eject Gem and the Holograms from the Opera House. Terry is spotted, and so she makes a run for it. Terry runs by a cell, and an arm reaches out to grab her, and it turns out it's Mr. Vincent. But is this the real one? She should be dead from fright. Now. What is that jail cell doing in the opera house? Well, it's I where mean, the phantom on. lives, right? Like the phantom has to have a place where he can lock up women uh, until they agree to have sex with him. Oh, oh my god! Oh god! <laughs> and there we have the phantom of the opera, opera spoilers. Sorry, I mean, listeners. Right? Like, I, I mean, that's what he does. It's pretty much what he does. Yeah. Let's be honest. 
Oh man, wow. we're gonna have so many Speechless. Eric stands <laughs> tweeting at us now. Like, how dare you? How dare you? I think that Phantom song, the uh, music of the night, is uh, a euphemism for his penis. Oh no, no, no! Oh no, no I'm there, singing it to myself. And, there are oh. other things in that play, other songs that are euphemisms for the penis. The music of the night is not. <laughs> It's not one. <laughs> well, that's a whole other podcast. I mean, really, it's like we can have a podcast where we dissect oh. all of the uh, innuendo in Phantom <laughs> of the Opera. I feel like this episode really is kind of like we want to think about Phantom of the Opera, but we don't want to talk about the innuendo for the penis. I think that that's really <laughs> the line that the writer was skirting here. <laughs> <laughs> I almost want to change the title of this episode to the innuendo of the penis. <laughs> oh god. But but <sighs> <laughs> Okay, wait. But <clears throat> when <sighs> I can't <laughs> I'm going to take a drink of water. (laughs) So Phantom of the Opera was the first thing I thought of when I saw this. And yeah, it's, it's like, it's all, it's all Phantom of the Opera. Like they're, they're putting up the chandelier and I'm like, that's going to come crashing down. Um, Right. I mean, because of Phantom of the Opera, I thought chandeliers were made to crash into everybody (laughs) and almost kill people. I, I, I thought they were for. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Now, how many chandeliers does this place have? Because did you notice the chandelier is back in regular condition after it crashed earlier? That must have been another one, I guess. No, right. it's the it's literally the chandelier from the Phantom of the Opera because that's what happens in the <laughs> musical as well. The chandelier oh, comes crashing to the ground, and then that is the end of Act One. At the beginning of Act Two, they're like, "Oh, the chandelier is back. It's repaired. It's clearly the okay. chandelier from the Phantom right. of the Opera." Okay. <laughs> what it's designed to do according to mr vincent he is the real the real one the only one and he, he's actually reunited with his cat phantom which i thought was kind of sweet yeah that's cute made me think of my raisin cat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and of course uh they make a run for it uh via a trap door and it seems like the the real mr vincent is the only one that actually knew about this trap door so this trap, like, I, I will say the the opera having a jail cell didn't surprise me that much. And but the opera having all these trap doors and stuff, I'm just like, who who actually designed this opera house? Because I don't think it was Mr. Vincent. I think he just inherited it. But but what architect was like, this opera house needs several secret doors and a jail cell. Like, what kind of operas are you putting on? Well, they also do magic un- shows. I guess the only person that I can think of that would be fully qualified would would be Michael Schofield from Prison Break. You did you'd get yeah. that if you watched Prison Break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Rio's attempts to stall the inspector have failed. Jem tells the inspector that he won't have to bother with closing them down as she's decided to cancel the concert. Rio is asked by Jem to issue refunds. Now, before that can happen, we cut to the real Mr. Vincent, 
who pulls a lever that turns the trick staircase that Landau, Tekrat, and the imposter are running on, and that the staircase suddenly turns flat. Well. So they fall a great <laughs> distance round okay. and around this spiral staircase. But you you haven't really prepared us for the like the fact that the spiral staircase exists because right because you know they the you know the imposter you really and want the to talk other about dudes. It. <laughs> no, I do because it's like it, this goes with this whole architect thing. The the imposter and the dudes like they chase them and then they arrive in this ginormous room. The right. room like where I screen I screen capped that earlier when we were before we recorded, but right. I, I should probably post a picture in the you in should. the show notes of that because the the sheer you really have to see the sheer size of this place the right. scale doesn't really match the outdoor shots of the building well i think that or, they're meant to be underground but the underground, are they underground? They, but i mean it's it's bigger it's, than the entire opera house this one room and that's like one room in this basement yeah. and it, yeah. it's it's ginormous and it has this huge spiral staircase that is like a like a 10 story tall spiral staircase and my first thought was what was this room designed for was it literally designed just to have that giant staircase? And two, why would you do that? Right. I mean, the purpose of it in this episode is so the dude can pull the lever and it's like that funny, funny joke where staircase becomes a slide, which actually, if you try to create that in real life, it doesn't actually work. If we were going to go back to the earlier comparisons you were making, Tempest, to Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera, I'm just thinking that because the opera house in that play takes place in Paris, I think, right? So I, th- I think a lot of people know that in, in France, they have these huge catacombs, like these just cavernous, massive things. And a lot of the, their, you know, the Phantom's layer is in these catacombs. So I'm just thinking like, maybe that's just a direct homage to, to, to that. It's just like deep, yeah. deep underground in these giant catacombs that have really nothing to do with the opera house. Well, I mean, but... that's only partially true because the, the actual opera house in Paris where like there's Phantom of the Opera is based on a novel. And so the dude who wrote the novel, like based that opera house on the on a real opera house that did have lots of underground chambers and a lake or I guess it was a river whatever like you know a water feature that was actually under there and it was for the purpose of a lot of things like it was actually for the purpose of putting on like grand operas in which like things would float in or something and and moving things around and so there was like all this complicated stuff going on under the opera house but it was all in service to the the grand productions in the opera house like that's what it was for and so I think it did Maybe like parts of it did hook up to catacombs that were under Paris, but also like there was a purpose to all that stuff under there. And then the Phantom moved in and he was like, well, I'm taking over. I'm going to have a boat on this lake because of reasons. And I'm going to bring young ladies down here and put them in cells and make them love me. And my organ playing. (laughs) Gross. But there doesn't seem to be a point to that. Like literally... It, that staircase in that room exists so that somebody can get away. Why did the architect think that somebody would need to run away? Right, right. Well, it just looked like it was like 20 stories high, like underground, this huge chamber. It's very odd. I mean, I suppose you could make the argument, well, anyone with money can build anything and you can build it just because you have the money. Why not do it? 
I'm not saying the engineering feat is impossible, but it's like, why? The, the reason is why? Why would you build this? What practical purpose does that giant staircase uh, serve? Especially with the fact that it has like this, it's a trick staircase. Uh, it's just, it's, it's strange. I mean, I don't know, maybe they were worried about burglars. So they built all these traps to try to, I don't know. It's to, it was to keep people from escaping from the jail cell. Well, I got to say that that did look like a, fl- uh, like a fun ride as they're like sliding around and around this spiral staircase. And then eventually getting back to my notes here, getting ejected through like a chute. And then they, uh, the three of them land right on the outside where the inspector, Jim and Rio are. So the three of them make a run for it, but not before Jim can enlist the help of Synergy to create a little ghostly diversion to scare them. We got to talk about how Jem was all like, Synergy, unspecific command. And then she just Right in front ghosts. of everybody. And then she's like, way to go, Synergy, really loud. Yeah, everybody's just like standing there next to her. And I'm like, is this shit a secret or not? <laughs> Dang it, Jem. The worst. That's a mistake. That is, that is clearly a mistake. Inside voice, Jim. Inside voice. Well, the thing is, they could, she could have said the exact same thing, but like I said, they, she could have used her inside voice, right? So they just could have added some reverb to her voice there to sound like it's her inside voice. Rio unmasks Mr. Vincent's imposter, and of course, it's none other than Eric Raymond. I mean, are the two of you shocked? Are you shocked at the surprise? Um, I was no. super surprised. I mean, okay. I didn't expect this. I mean, I mean this is just here's such the a... thing. I've seen so many episodes of Scooby-Doo. I did kind of expect it. Especially <laughs> the way he just ripped that dude's whole head off. And he's like, oh, gasp, it's old man Grifflehook. You know? I mean, I'm really... Right? I'm just really surprised that Eric didn't say I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you, kid. Oh, I am so calling Eric Raymond old man Grifflehook from now on. Like, that's that's just it. <laughs> that is his name. Eric places all blame on Landau, who apparently promised to make him a partner in the new condo development project that would have been built on top of the old opera house. Landau and Raymond take off. Now, they take off in their, it looked like their own car. I didn't see any police there. No consequences whatsoever. I mean, why would there be? The Raymond crime family took care of that. I mean, and and this entire scheme has Raymond crime family written all over it. You know, talking about putting up condos and stuff. Oh, oh, please. That's totally. Because the mafia never does that, right? They never have any of like other seemingly legitimate business ventures. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be legitimate. Like maybe they have control of whatever unions that they would have to use for the construction of sure. the condos. It could be. You know, just it could be. I'm leaving. I, I think this is a good theory. Getting there with my Raymond Crime family money. Unfortunately for the misfits, their concert is ruined when a lightning bolt strikes the inflatable dome, causing all of its patrons to run across the street and enter the opera house for shelter. Like we said earlier, nothing at all could go bad with an inflatable dome, right? Right. Gem announces the beginning of the Benefit concert, and of course, the final video in this episode, 
by Jim, and the hologram's called We Can Change It, which is a repeat song. Although I did like how dance was in this video. I liked the video yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, and actually, you know, speaking of the video, because it's sort of really showcased here, but the outfits that Shayna made for them to wear for this concert are actually really all awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really great you know, costumes. You know, Jem is a witch and her costume is like all flowy and gem-like, but I love Kimber's outfit because she's dressed as a skeleton, so she has like on like an all-black thing with a skeleton painted on the front, and that's super cool. And just everybody's like really dressed well for this video and this concert, which I super appreciate, especially because of that outfit that Jem was wearing earlier, which is just full of no. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I really like this song. I don't think it actually yeah, fits here. They they try to make it fit. I liked it when it first showed up, but I don't think it actually fits this. But it's a nice song. I I enjoy it. Yeah, no complaints from me there. And I do agree that it does feel slightly shoehorned. And I'm like, change it? Well, what are you changing? I mean, I guess the opera house is changing, but but I won't hold that against them. That's not the most egregious thing in this episode that upsets me. But uh, we should wrap here because uh, with Mr. Vincent uh, being thoroughly impressed with the post cleanup and restoration of his opera house, uh, Phantom, Mr. Vincent's cat, jumps into Terry's arms and she now realizes that there's there was no reason to ever be scared of him. That's right. The reason to be scared is that outfit that Jim put back on. That's the reason to be scared. <laughs> I'd be scared of Jerrica's parenting. That's what I would be scared of. That too. You've been listening to the Gemcast on Hologram Radio. I am joined by Aline Sims, as always, who has a fantastic podcast at the relay.fm forward slash LTOE, uh, which is the shortcut to get to her podcast. And you can see the entire back catalog of all of her episodes and subscribe to the show on iTunes or whatever podcast player you use. Uh, to check out her uh, fantastic interviews that she does. And you can follow Aline on Twitter. Well, she's she's in most places nowadays, but uh, she's on Twitter, at Aline, that's A-L-E-E-N, and she has a website where she writes stuff occasionally at AlineMean.com. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, plug or mention this week? App Camp for Girls. So um, for people who have not heard me talk about it previously, it's basically a five-day summer camp where we teach kids going into the eighth and ninth grades how to code an iOS app. Well, we take them through the development cycle and we help them code an iOS app, I guess would be more accurate. And today we opened registration for Orange County because we got our location finalized. So we have Orange County, Phoenix, Arizona, or Orange County, California, I should be specific, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, and Vancouver, British Columbia, where we have camps this year and registrations currently open for all of those. So if you know, uh, um, know a girl or a, a transgender non-binary child who might be interested, um, head over to app camp for girls. That's the number four.com and, um, look into it and fill out the registration form. And you can check out all of Tempest's work at her website, which is ktempestbradford.com. And if you go there, that is the single best place to check out her writing, 
her uh, video series that she does on YouTube called The Tempest Challenge, links to all of her social media and practically everything that she's ever done. It's pretty much like a like one giant CV, is it not? Yes, that is how I intend it. It's also where I keep my blog. And speaking of social media, people can follow you on Twitter at Tiny Tempest. And uh, I definitely recommend checking out Tempest's new podcast, uh, which launched not too long ago called The Right Gear. And uh, I believe she's up to episode nine. So if you still want to go back to the first episode and catch up on what she's been talking about, you can uh, you can do that. It is not too late. You can check it out by going to uh, iTunes. Just search for The Right Gear. That's W-R-I-T-E as in writing stuff with a pen and paper. Uh, or you can go to hologramradio.org forward slash The Right Gear. And you can support this show on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash hologram radio. And dear listeners, we do need your support. So if you can donate, please do that. It is uh, one of the best ways to support us. And we are currently entirely listener supported. So please head over to Patreon and give a buck or two or whatever you feel comfortable parting with. You can also support us by going to our hologramradio.org forward slash sponsors page. You'll find links to Amazon UK, USA, and Canada. And of course, we all like to shop on Amazon these days. I know my wish list keeps on growing to a gargantuan size. Uh, But uh, since you already shop at Amazon, why not click those links? Because there's no additional work on your part. And every time you buy something that's on your wish list we get a small portion of the sale. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes to ensure you get each new episode every week or, of course, whatever podcast player you prefer because not all of us use iTunes. If you are on iTunes, though, why not drop us a comment or leave us a five-star rating? The more, the better because that helps new people find the show. And we actually haven't had a review in quite some time since December, I believe is the last time. So if you're listening to this and this is your first episode, or even if not, please do rate us in iTunes. It is so important. And I know people that make podcasts always ask for this and it seems like a big pain, but honestly, it's only going to take you a minute and it really does make a difference to us. You can follow the show on Twitter. We're at Jim Podcast and facebook.com forward slash gem podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram at hologram radio shows. You can check out all the rest of the podcasts on the network there. We've got something for everybody. And you can also send us feedback to either of us, uh, Aline Tempest and myself. Uh, check those emails and we're gemcast at hologramradio.org if you want to talk to us the old-fashioned way. Because I've been told that nobody uses email anymore. No, that's not true. Some people use email. Well, that's it for this week. Show's over, Synergy.